How are you all? Good? Um, we have some beautiful testimony. And just before that, I think we had some beautiful God's knowledge, revealing inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And um, it talks about rain. It talks about delivering us from, uh, from difficult situation, darkness situation. And I just want to thank God for that. Because in everything, there is a season. And um, when we hear those kind of words that encourage us and knowing that God is with us and God is taking us, uh, us out of a situation, it's always an occasion, an opportunity to praise and thank God for that. So I'll ask us, all of us, if we can just clap for God, just to thank Him. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything you do in our life. Let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you and bless you because you are wonderful, you are good, you are great. In darkest time as in good time, you are always with us. Your love never fails us. And we thank you and bless you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, um, just as Kevin mentioned earlier, we are ending our parable season. Um, so, throughout the summer, we've been through parable, uh, all the parables of Jesus. So, today... I'll be sharing the parables, one of the parables that Jesus shares. So in this parable, Jesus shares the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said, for this parable, he said, if you hear this parable, if you see this parable, if you understand it with your heart, this parable that I'm about to share today will cause you to repent and God is obliged to save you. Jesus often speaks in parable to hide secrets from those who are outside. But for us, for Christians, Jesus explained to us the meaning of the parable. He reveals the secrets of the kingdom of heaven just because we are his children. So the parable we'll be sharing today, it's the key to understand any other parables. And it's not me saying that, it's actually Jesus who said that. So I know by now you must wonder, which parable is it, Christian? <laughs> come on, come on. It's, um, but before I tell you which one is it, I just want to say that that parable, this parable, is self-explanatory. I don't need to talk extensively about it. Nevertheless, I want us to be very, very practical about it. I want us to apply the lesson of this parable in our life. So as such, I'll be leading us into prayers intermittently as we're reading this parable. So the parable now, it's the parable of the sour. Oh. <laughs> um, so the parable of the sour, you can find it in the book of Matthew or Luke, but today we'll be looking in the book of Mark. So if you could please open your Bible in Mark 4, 1.20. Mark chapter 4, 1 to 20. Because as I say, I'll be reading, interrupting us, and then we go. So it won't be a, we, won't, we won't read it as a want. So again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The, the crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat, sat in it out on the lake, while all people were along the shores at the water's edge. He taught them in many things by parables. And his teaching said, listen, 
a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up and quickly, it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the, sun, when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no roots. All the seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still, all the seeds fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said to them, Whoever has hear to hear, let them hear. Jesus loves to say that. <laughs> um, when, when he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. I just want to stop there. Um, after that parable, Jesus shared it in the crowd and then retreated himself. And even the disciples didn't understand it. So they came to him, then they're waiting for when he was alone. They came to him and said, Jesus, uh, what were you on about with that farmer and the seeds? It didn't make any sense. So Jesus called them. He said, come, come, come. Now we're just in a small group. He told them confidentially, and he's about to reveal them. He said, I will reveal it to you. So Jesus is putting them in the confidence. And today, Jesus is revealing to us what it means. Not in the crowd, but to you specifically. Not in everybody, but you. You, you are looking at me now. And I want us to understand that God is putting us in the confidentiality of heaven. This parable contains the secret of the kingdom of God. So let's carry on reading. Verse 13, please. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? Let's stop there again. Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? So I believe this parable is the key to understand any other's parable. Maybe we should have started with this one. <laughs> uh, just saying. Um, let's carry on. Verse 14. And then start, Jesus starts explaining the parable. Verse 14, he says, The farmer sows the word. So here we know that the seeds are the word. Which word? The word of God. Verse 15. Some people are like seeds along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Just want to stop there in a moment. So what we're learning at that moment is Jesus is revealing that Satan steals the word of God in you. I think that's quite deep to know that. Satan steals the word of God in you so that the word of God does not produce fruit in you. 
When you hear the word of God, Satan actually comes and steals it. And today, and from now on, we cannot let that happen anymore. So I want, uh, I want to lead us in a prayer for a moment to prevent it from happening. And I'll ask you to repeat after me and to use those type of prayer as a battle in your regular basis, in your, on a Sunday before to come, before you, you start reading the Bible in your own to listen to a preaching. I want you to use this kind of prayers. So please repeat after me. Satan. Oh. And again. Satan. Satan. With authority, please. Satan. Satan. You have been exposed by the word of God. I will no longer allow you to steal the word of God in me. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I raise the shield of faith against your attack. I cover my heart with the blood of Jesus. Amen. Verse 16, others, like seeds sown on the rocky places, hear the word, and once they receive it with joy, but since they have no roots, they last only short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So this is another category where we do receive the word. We do understand it and rejoice. We are full of hallelujah, praise the Lord when we hear the word. However, the Bible says, since they have no roots, they last only a short time. Not having roots. What does it mean? It simply means because we do not meditate on the word, on the preaching that, we, that are shared, we don't let it sink in us. So we should take time to meditate on word, on the preaching we read, on the preaching, and read it over and over, to look at it from different angles, asking ourselves questions. What does it mean? What did Quincy meant when he preached about it? What does scripture mean? Lord, why are you trying to tell me? Should I change this? Should I behave like that? And you go over and over, you talk to yourself about a week, a day, and night, and you take your time to meditate and look at it, to speak to God. Maybe call someone, I don't understand this scripture. I don't understand what God is trying to tell me. And this is how you create, generate roots inside of you. This is how the word of God sinks. And once the word is rooted in you, it will change your behavior, your way of speaking. You will stand firm in the knowledge of the truth in God. Right after, in the same verse, Jesus say, when trouble and persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Troubles and persecution comes because of the word. My brother here just shared that. We need to be very cautious at work when we talk about God. I believe as Christians, at the moment, we are living um, in a time when we are challenged just to be, to be Christian. It's not easy to share the word of God anymore. Our work is a very 
tricky place. Sometimes we face trouble or even persecution. We need to stand firm in the knowledge of the veracity of the word of God. And this, it's through meditation, we can reach that level of knowing that this is the truth. Verse 18 now. Still, others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the words, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires of other things come in, choke the world, making it unfruitful. You hear the word, but you worry too much. You hear the word, this beautiful word, but you worry too much. What's happening? Why this? Why that? You are not praying about it. You are worrying about it. You are stressed, sleepless about this, about that. And the Bible carries on saying, talking about money. Money, money, money. Money is the only thing. Money, money, money. Money must be funny. You know the song? In the rich man's world, money, 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 always sunny. In the rich man's world, all things that I could do, all things that I could do, if I had a little money, those who know the word will recognize it. <laughs> it was just to say that it happened. We have that. The Bible says that those kind of thinking choke the word of God and making it unfruitful. I can hear, uh, I can hear some of you saying that, Christian, uh, is it wrong to want to be rich? I'm not saying that it's wrong to want to be rich. I'm not saying that's wrong. But just be, listen carefully to what the Bible says, the deceitfulness of wealth. Deceitfulness. I need a new iPhone. You have your new iPhone. I need a new, the, I need the iPhone 14. Oh, I need the iPhone 15. I need the iPhone 16. I need the new Louboutin. I need a new channel, a new Dior. I want to build a swimming pool in my house. I want a Ferrari. I want to go to the luxury place. And then I want this, and then I want that, I want that, I want that. All those, it's always to the next acquisition. We are living in a hyper-consumerism society. I want this, and I want that. And the Bible said this, choke the word of God. And makes it unfruitful. And say so you're stressed. You are stress, stress, stress. You're worrying, worrying, worrying about this, worrying about that. Just carry everything to God in prayer. There's a beautiful song that, when I was reading that moment, that came to me that says, What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry Everything's to God in prayer Oh, what peace we often forfeit Oh, what needless pain we bear Because of what? Oh, because we do not care, 
Greetings to God in prayer. Thank you. Worrying, worrying. No, praying, praying. Stop worrying. The Bible said that you need to pray and bring your, your stress and your worrying in front of God. And when you worry and stress is too much, go on your knees and pray. The Bible said that Hannah was in front of the temple praying, mumbling. And Eli, pastor said, what's wrong? Is she drunk? What's wrong with her? Her stress was too much. And I know some of us here has some big stressful situation. Maybe you're not even sharing it, but you can share it with God. You can go on your knee and praise and pray and pray and ask God to deliver you from that. To deliver you from a, a disease that's leading you to death. And you are scared. Oh, Lord, I'm going to die. Lord, help me. Save me. Maybe you are stressed because your family is going through trouble. Lord, look at my husband. He's about to run away from our family. Look at my wife, Lord. We're about to divorce. Look at my children, Jesus. What am I going to do? Better worry in your knee, on your knees than on praying, but the worry is just speaking by yourself and sleepless night. Praying is the key. Carrying your prayer to Jesus. And if you don't do that, you chuck the word of God in you. And it won't bear any fruits. And you say, it doesn't work. I tried it, it doesn't work. No, it does work. Let's all pray about it. Please repeat after me. Heavenly Father, your word says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. Forgive me, Lord, because I had my priority wrong. Jesus, help me in avoiding this sinfulness caused by wealth and the cravings of the craving for material desires. Deliver me from uncontrolled spending habits. And takes my mind and takes my mind away from and that, and take my mind away from the the word. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, verse twenty. Other like seeds sown on the good soil, and this is where we're supposed to be, on the good soil. They hear the word, they accept it, and it produces a crop, some thirty some 60, some 100 times what was sown. We need to be the good soil. We need to be the good soil. That's our aim. When we spend time with God, when we read, when we read the Bible, when we listen to a preaching, we need to be a good soil so the word of God produces fruit in us. One more time, let's pray together and please repeat after me. Lord, can you touch your heart? Lord, make me a good soil. Make me a good soil. That hear the word. Receive the word. 
Understand the word. Meditate the word. Accept the word. And produce crop in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.